Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor David Hall. If you'd like to find out more about David or to keep up to date with his ministry, you can visit davidhall.com.au. We hope that you enjoy the message. Today I, I want to have a look at the subject of the Trinity. The Trinity. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. I want to preach about it today, about him, about God, and and just talk about this incredible subject, the Trinity. And and, and I I really do believe it's important for us to understand that we, we cannot fully comprehend the bigness of God and sum it up. And sometimes we try in our earthly capacity to explain spiritual principles that are quite quite intense and we do our best with our earthly mind and today I'm going to do my best and 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 try and open up this subject just a little bit but I want to say this that it is important that we have some understanding of the trinity it is important that we do have some comprehension of the function and the and the ways of the trinity because it affects how we see God how we see the Lord, because if we don't have a clear understanding of the Trinity, it, you know, you might be confused as to who do I address in prayer. And I, I do want to say this before we start. You never need to be confused as to who you address in prayer, because if you address the Holy Spirit or you say Father in heaven or you say Jesus, let me tell you, the Bible says his ear is inclined to us and he's wanting to answer no matter how you call, he wants to hear. If you send me an email or ring my phone or knock on my door, one way or another, I'm going to get the idea that you're trying to get through. And I do know that we have a God who's made a way for us to get through by the blood of Jesus. So some people get very hooked, uh, uh, very hung up on that, but I do also think it is wonderful to know who we are praying to. And it is wonderful to have an idea a bit more with a bit more depth of how we communicate with God. Another reason it might be good to know about the Trinity is where do we where do we send our worship? How do we how do we worship? Do I worship Jesus? Is it wrong to worship the Father? Is it wrong to worship the Holy Spirit? No, it's not. They're God. It's wonderful. I, I worship. This is a funny thing. A lot of people don't worship the Holy Spirit, and uh, but you know it's a wonderful thing to worship the one who raised Jesus from the dead. And Spirit, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Father, we love you. And, 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 uh, and another reason is, is because when, when we pray, maybe some of us are trying to just spread it out a bit evenly and make sure we keep all three happy. The three are one. They are happy in and of themselves. And, and, uh, and some people say, should I talk more about Jesus or less? of the Holy Spirit. And, and if I ask something to the Father in Jesus' name, but it was meant to be something that I'm asking the Father, uh, which way? We don't need to get hung up on it, but it is an important thing to understand the different functions of, 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 the, of the Trinity and of God. The word Trinity is formed from two words, and it is really triunity, Trinity, the triune God, one God, three persons. And and it is important that before we try and unpackage this, there's a few things you need to understand about, about what we believe. We believe in a monotheistic God. One God, one God, three persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they are one, but they are three. There is one God. And I want to open this up a little bit, but before I do, I, I do want to say this because it's one of those things that you might be going, now, Dave, you're going to just 
just straighten all this out. I'm going to leave knowing the full depth. I feel like the more I study this, the more of a mystery it is. This is something that we can all understand and maybe where we, we, we go, okay, God, this is a bit too big for me to understand. We can, we can actually trust that God will just bring confirmation in our heart with this because there's things that we say we understand that we don't understand. God's eternal. Oh, yeah, I understand that. He always was and never started. He's just always been. Oh, yeah, I fully understand that. I don't. He must have started somewhere. But he did it. He's just always been as far. See, we live within time. There's always a start and end to everything. He goes, I am start. I am it. I've just always been. I've just, I was always, what about a billion, gazillion, and that's a number, trillion years ago. Who was, what was happening then? I was still there. And then we go, oh, yes, I understand that. I understand the time-space continuum. I understand. For me, I, my head, I try to do it, and my brain starts to wobble. You know, and it's, it's a problem. But the truth is, I don't fully understand it, but I choose to believe it and choose to trust that if God says it, then my job is simply to believe it and, and, and see it working in, in my life. I know I'm happy this morning. I'm just feeling God's presence here today. It's just a good day to be saved. It's a lot better than being in jail. Now, but to understand God, you've got to understand it. To understand the Trinity, you've got to understand a few things about God. The first is that God is completely unique. God said in Isaiah chapter 46, 9, he says, I am God and there is none like me. He's unique. There's no one like him. He's, he's a one of a kind. He's unique in everything. He said, he said, he said uh, in, in Isaiah 40, 25, to whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One. He is unique because the Bible says in Genesis 1.1, he created the heavens and the earth. There's one thing that sets him apart from everyone else. He is the creator. All of us are creation. I mean, there, the, he is unique in his creative power. There is none other like under him. We, we struggle to get our heads around maybe some of the, the bigness of God, but the Bible sort of tells us and gives us a clue that that's the case because he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts in Isaiah 55, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. God is bigger God is unique. And it goes on in another part of the Bible, Deuteronomy 29. Moses said this of God. The secret things belong to the Lord. But the things that are revealed belong to us and our children. I'm convinced that what God has revealed is as much as he is willing to reveal because he knows what our finite minds are capable of coping with. He said to Moses, no man can see God and live. And I'm not saying you can't have a vision of the Lord or, or anything like that. But if you saw God in his full capacity and his full and his full strength without some kind of veil. Uh, and I'm not talking about a veil of worship and sonship, but I'm saying some kind of, uh, of barrier of revelation. How would we cope? I believe that if we saw the fullness of God, we may in fact die. It's good news on a Sunday morning. Lord, I want to know you more. But the Bible teaches us one God, three persons. And somehow we, we, we've got to sort of go, okay, I believe that. And we, we can believe that because the Bible gives us some, some insight into how this works. One God, three persons, three personalities. 
And, and I want to have a look at this. And so we've got to start and understand a couple of things to understand the Trinity. And the first is this. And this is a very important thing that we understand. Before we try and bring, uh, I guess, lines of demarcation between Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let's start here and build from this foundation that we serve one God. He is one God. And I read it this morning as I was dedicating Zane. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. Jesus reiterated that in Mark 12. He said, he said, the first of all commandments, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength. The Lord our God is one. Somebody say one. But you know the beautiful thing, if you open the language here, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord God, the Lord Jehovah our God, and that word God means a God of plurality. Hero Israel, he's one God, but he is the God of plurality. He is the God of more than one. He's the God of three in one, but he is one God who is encapsulated Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so we've, we've somehow got to get our minds around this principle, but it's a biblical principle. And, and so we start using the term Trinity and people get all stressed out because they say, well, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Neither is the word rapture. Neither is the word Bible. <coughs> Neither is the word omnipresent, but we see that God is everywhere. Neither is the word omniscient, meaning God is all-knowing. And uh, he's om- the, no, the word omnipotent. Actually, I think the word omnipotent is in the Bible. The Lord God omnipotent reigns. But there are words in the Bible that describe God that we believe, not because we want to just believe a word that doesn't exist, but we see the word being backed up by verses and pages and, and reams of Scripture that support an idea that we give a name, And we give a name, Trinity, a triune, three united, one God. The name Trinity is the term that we've given our Godhead, our threefold God, our God in three persons, we call the Trinity. Or if you've been in church a long time, we call it the Holy Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And you know, when you meet all three, when you meet God as Father, you meet Jesus the Son, and you are filled and touched with the Holy Spirit, you begin, your Christianity bursts into something bigger than you could have even imagined. Yes, it's important that you meet Jesus and have your sins washed away and be born again and be saved by grace. But can I tell you, when you get a sense of the love of God the Father, when you get a sense that you've got a Father in heaven, Abba Father who loves you, who has a plan for your life, who sits in heaven so proud of you. And and then you encounter the blessed Holy Spirit and you're filled with the wonder of the Godhead being made alive on the inside of you by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, the Trinity that bursts off the pages because you just see God in his beauty expressed as Father, as Son, and as Holy. Holy Spirit. Can you say amen this morning? Do I have any friends in the house that believe it? So we believe in one God, but we see three persons, three personalities. If I can just read you some scripture and build a a foundation for this. Jesus in Luke 
4.18 says the Spirit, this is Jesus speaking. So you have Jesus. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The Spirit. So Jesus says, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit of God the Father is upon me because he has anointed me. You see the Trinity right there. When Jesus is being baptized, the Bible says there was a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son. The Father spoke. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And at that same moment, the Bible says the Holy Spirit descended as a dove upon him. We see the Trinity right there as an illustrated sermon for us to be able to look back on and see Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But let's go a bit deeper. Matthew 3, uh, sorry, Matthew 28, verse 19. Jesus said, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. Son and the Holy Spirit. I love that. The Bible tells us that Stephen gazed into heaven, Acts 7, verse 55. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I love this because you see God in action in three persons, one God, but beautiful facets of who he is. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. This is what Paul is saying to the church. The grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the communion or the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Genesis 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of of the waters and God said let there be light and there was light. Now you read in John chapter 1 it says in the beginning was the word. Somebody say the word. Now if you look at that in your Bible we're not going to be able to turn to every scripture but that word is capital W. Word talking about Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus and Jesus was God and Jesus was with God. And he and, and in the, all things were made through him and nothing that was made was made. By, by, by human hands, it was made by him. So we see John confirming in Genesis that at the beginning, God said, let there be light. In the beginning was Jesus and the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters and made it happen. What do you see? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right there. I believe in the Father. I believe in the Son. And I believe in the Holy Ghost. Man, I'm getting happy this morning. Can you say amen in the house? And... Uh, and then if that's not enough, in Genesis 1.26, God's sitting there minding his own business. He says, let us make man in our own image. I have two conclusions. Either the Son was there and the Holy Ghost was there, or God's talking to himself. And how many know, in, essentially he was, because the three are one and the one are three. But God's not schizophrenic. God was sitting there forming the greatest plan of redemption. And I'm getting happy. Sorry about that. I'm just getting pumped. Forming the greatest plan of redemption that's ever been formed. Let us make man in our image. Want to talk about a trinity in our image? Body, soul, and spirit. We are triune in that very fact. And I see God at work in our life. Isn't it beautiful? It's just awesome. Man, I'm getting happy this morning. 1 John 5, 7. You, I'm giving a lot of scripture this morning because I want to clarify 
with it, sometimes we can preach a whole message because we use a second half of one verse. This is not just us doing some spiritual gymnastics to create a case. This is foundational to what we believe. Let, let's, let's keep looking at this. 1 John 5, 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, capital W, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. I mean, that, that pretty much sums it all there. These three are one. The three are one, the one are three. This is such a blessing to me today because I believe in the Father, I believe in the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And you know, I've met them all and they're all awesome. I tell you, you might feel like your, your earthly father's failed you. I know a father in heaven that will change your heart and change your life. You might feel like you don't have a friend. I know Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And you might, you might feel like you're alone. But Jesus said, I'm never going to leave you alone. I'm going to send another comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, I and my father are one. I do nothing unless I see God do it. Jesus says, I've got to go, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And you might say, well, that could be two different people. But, but Jesus said, lo, just before he went to heaven, lo is just spiritual for hello. He says, lo, it's just, it's just slang, lo. You know, yeah, not really. <laughs> That's funny though. And uh, he says, lo, I'll be with you always. And he chuffs off. But he wasn't lying because he knew that could go in the Aussie Bible. He chuffed off and he, and he sent the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he wasn't lying. He wasn't doing some bait and switch. He meant what he said. I will be with you always. Because the three are one. If you met the Holy Ghost, you met Jesus. I had, somebody, I had somebody have a go at me. I've actually had it a few times. You speak about the Holy Ghost too much. You don't talk about Jesus enough. Can I tell you, we can never talk about Jesus enough. So don't get me wrong. I'm happy to be told to talk about Jesus more. Jesus, Jesus. If it hadn't been for the blood of Jesus, where would we be? We love Jesus. He's the center of everything. The cross, the resurrection, what he did. But if I could just say to you today, the minute you start talking about the Holy Spirit, his job, promote Jesus. Just his, the heartbeat of the Holy Ghost, ba-boom, Jesus. Ba-boom, Jesus. Ba-boom, Jesus. I mean, the Holy Ghost, oh, his job description was to lead you to Christ. And then when you met him, he came in and just went, all right, job done. I'm just going to regenerate you. And boom, you're born again by the Spirit of God in Jesus' name, according to the will of the Father. Oh, I, I like preaching about the Trinity. I feel all three of them are in the house this morning. Fantastic. C.S. Lewis said, If you take one dimension, add a second, and then a third, with each added dimension, you have greater capacity and greater possibilities of that which could be actualized. With one dimension... You get a straight line with two, a figure, with three, an object. When you break those dimensions down, the fundamental components remain the same, but yet the higher level of dimensions, the greater the possibilities. Isn't that beautiful? John Wesley said, bring me a worm that can comprehend man, and I will show you a man that can comprehend the triune God. Bring me a worm that can comprehend man and I'll show you a man that can comprehend the triune God. I love this. And I, I, I want to go a little deeper this morning if that's okay. I want to talk about the functions of the members of the Trinity today. And is it, is it, it's a little bit wordy, but I want to share it with you. God is is the Father 
I'll start again. God the Father is a sovereign ruler over the affairs of the universe. He is the true standard of holiness and the judge of all that is. God the Son is the Savior, the one through whom all men may receive justification before God. Jesus also acts as an advocate to the Father on behalf of the believer. 1 Timothy 2.5 says there is one mediator, Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit is currently engaged in the work of enabling believers to fulfill the work of the church, empowering men to preach the gospel, quickening the spirit of repentant sinners, keeping the believer secure in Christ until the second coming, comforting the believer, being the very essence of Christ's indwelling believer, and finally, the spirit never forsakes the believer. That's how this whole works. This whole thing works. I've, I've read a, a doctrinal statement and concerning the Trinity, and it says the three are in this dance in heaven or wherever. They're in this dance, and the dance is so well choreographed that the three move in such incredible speed and in sync that when you look at three, you see one. It's a rhythm. It's the rhythm of the Spirit. It's the rhythm of the Trinity functioning together. That although three are engaged, it's really a picture of one God who has a plan to see mankind changed by the grace of God. The Trinity is a picture of God meeting man where man is at. Whatever we need, there is something in the hand of God. He has a way. He has a means of touching and changing lives for the glory of Almighty God. I want to go on this morning and just talk a few reasons and just share a few reasons why we believe in the Trinity, why we should. I guess evidence even beyond just scriptures, but understanding and and, and really giving a, a case for why we should believe in the Trinity today. Why we believe in the Trinity, number one, the Bible teaches the divinity of Christ. Christ is divine. Dan shared that last week. He is God. Jesus is God. Colossians 1.15 says this, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven on earth, visible, invisible. Whether thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, in Him all things consist, and He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that in all things He may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him... All the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him were the things on earth, things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Now, the reason that's important, firstly, is to understand some people's idea. There are Christian faiths that don't believe in the Trinity. They believe in the Godhead, but they believe the Father became the Son. The Son has become the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and they can interchange into what form or manifestation that they would like. And, and uh, But I would suggest to you today that we didn't see Jesus, uh, the Father, become Jesus. We see the Father send his Son, and we see that the Father was present with Jesus in heaven. He was in heaven when Jesus walked the earth, and we see that Jesus was God before he came to earth to be born of a virgin and to live life. So Jesus always was. He didn't just start when he was born in Bethlehem. Jesus has been there the whole time. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so we go on. So we firstly see that Jesus has always been. And secondly, Jesus affirms his unity with the Father, which I 
basically have already just said, but John 17, verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but for also those who believe in me through their word, that all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. And so Jesus' prayer was that we would be one, just like he and the Father were one. So how did God become Jesus? Jesus is God. He became man and dwelled here on earth. But Father and Son, they've coexisted. So we see quite clearly that the Father and the Son are different persons. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that who did he give? Himself? No, he gave his only begotten Son. Though he did give himself, but he gave his only begotten Son. So Jesus has always been. Can you say amen to that? And then we go a bit deeper. Number four, the Bible declares that the Holy Spirit is both divine and has personal attributes. So, so I want to talk about that for just a minute because we, we often think of the Holy Spirit as the power of God rather than being God. Often we think the Holy Spirit's the Pentecostal bird who flies into church and hands out different gifts and here you go, his tongues, here's some, some prophecy. Oh, here's a bit of faith for you. And, and then he leaves the meeting or when we're worshipping. Today, there was a sense, there still is a sense of the anointing of God. You say, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. The anointing is not the Holy Spirit. The anointing is what the Holy Spirit brings. That's the, that's the power that's released by God. It's, it's, a, it's an oil. It's an unction. Man, I could get talking about that this morning. That'll empower us to do the things that God's called us to do. That's why we preach a baptism in the Holy Spirit because how can you fully understand and, and know and walk in the power of God unless you've been immersed in the, in the anointing of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to do what God's called you to do. I need everything that the Trinity has working in my life if I can. And so, and so we've got to understand the Holy Spirit is God. Somebody said the Holy Spirit is God. Acts 5 verse 3 is a good story, quite a confronting story. Ananias and Sapphira lied about the offering. They didn't sort of go, I tithe, and then they just didn't tithe. They said they tithe, but they just said they gave more than they did. So be careful if you fib around the offering. And uh, because the Holy Ghost killed them. I mean, it's never good. I really don't want to see people get killed by the Holy Ghost in church. It's not good for church growth. How was church God moved? How was it? Six people died. It's not a good day. But when that happened, and I know I'm making light of a heavy situation, but when that happened, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? And, and he went on to talk about the story. And then he says, you lied not to man, but to God. He said, you lied to the Spirit. He said, you lied to God. Peter makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit is God. As I said before, Jesus said, I'll be with you always. But he's in heaven, seated at the right hand of God. But the Holy Spirit was sent. God. Fifth reason, because the Spirit performs functions we ascribe to persons. So we believe he's God, but we also believe that he is a person. And uh, I have a, a lot, to, I guess, to, to get through. And I, I, want, I want to say this quickly. But if I could just read this out today and not elaborate, I can tell you he appoints missionaries. A thing. Or a being can't call and appoint. A person does. I mean, this, this little pulpit stand, it's not a person. This thing can't appoint you to ministry. 
It's not sitting here pointing down to ministry. It's just, it's just standing there because it's a stand. It's what it does. It just stands. The Holy Spirit's a person. He can convict. I don't find him too con- this thing too convict- convicting. It's an inanimate object. The Holy Spirit's a person. You can lie to the Holy Spirit. You can't really lie to that. Oh, well, I was home very early last night. It doesn't care. How do, you, how do you grieve this? How do you grieve the pulpit stand? I mean, you can grieve the Holy Spirit because it's a person. I can't grieve this. I could say whatever I like about this thing. He doesn't care. You're, you're stupid. He doesn't care. It just still does what it does. Are you following? This is very deep. I know we're trying to unpackage truth theology here. You can resist the Holy Ghost. How do you resist that? It's not pushing. No, but it's like, oh, I'm not doing anything. Why you? The Holy Spirit can be resisted. You can quench the Holy Spirit. You can't quench that. Quench. It's like, all right. Very deep. The Holy Spirit's a person. He speaks. He comes alongside and helps. He talks. He walks. He calls people to preach the gospel. He baptizes people. He touches people. I, he, he has a power of his own. He searches all things. He comforts. He guides. He helps us in our infirmities. He corrects us. He dwells with the saints. He can be tempted. He testifies of Christ. Things can't do that. Persons can. The Holy Spirit is a person and the Holy Spirit is God. That's why I've always been big and I correct people even when they when they share on our platform and they refer to the Holy Spirit. I feel it in this place. I'm not a legalist about it, but if you're calling the Holy Spirit it, you don't have a true understanding that the Holy Spirit's not it. This is it. He is he. If I, if I pointed to that cross over there and on Easter Sunday next week I say, aren't you glad it died on the cross? You would be offended because I'm talking about Jesus. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is as much God as Jesus is. He's as much a person as Jesus is. And so we should honor him and say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. He is welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way. I love our worship team, Joel and Ari. They, they get this thing. I mean, they know what we're talking about. I've seen him change taglines to songs and get rid of it and put he in. I don't even know if it's legal, but it feels good. Why? Because he abides with us. He inhabits the praises of his people. He's in this place. And so, Holy Spirit, you, are, you say, why are you getting so wide-eyed and bushy-tailed? Because I'm talking about the Holy Ghost, man. I'm talking about the one who will touch and change your life in a moment of time. I believe in the Trinity. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is God. And I believe the Holy Spirit is a person. God in three persons. I think somebody should give the Lord a bit of a hand if you believe that this morning. Lisa, if you can come. God's only revealed so much of himself to us. Sort of wonder how, how can I comprehend God when I'm so limited and he's so unlimited? I'm limited by my body. I can be at one place at one time. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. My mind and my strength have to sleep. I can only hold one conversation at a time. 
Ladies, you can do two or three. There's 200 million, sorry, there's 2 billion Christians, 700 million tongue-talking, spirit-filled Christians. It's a lot of conversations the Holy Spirit can have at one time. He can make light that circles the earth seven times a second. I get tired just thinking about that. I can only know and relate to 150 people. I'm not saying that as the pastor, I'm saying you can really only sort of really know about 150 people. He knows all of us intimately. He knows how many hairs are on your head. I've discovered I have now started getting hair in my ear. He knows how many hairs are in my ears. So does Donna and she pulls them out. You talk about pain. stuff and I leave feeling like I know less than before I started preaching. How do you comprehend the ways of God? I hear people try and go, oh well, I can explain the Trinity. Just like water, ice, steam, H2O, water, it's still H2O, just in different form and maybe that's a good little basic kind of oh, sort of thing.
are his gift in their house. I feel like it's completely different to my gift. But they're complementary. I think of my wife. I don't think God's joined two more different people. But she's my best friend. She understands I'm a bit mental. And I understand that she's more mental than she realizes. <laughs> but I tell you all this, because there's unity in our difference. But the Trinity tells us to pull together. It shows that we don't all have to look the same and act the same and function the same. But we should be of one spirit and one heart song should be Jesus. Man, I feel the glory of God here today. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, greater dimensions of God, greater effectiveness. I feel like, and maybe this is just Dave Hall. This is not a theologian, but I feel like maybe a reason for maybe, maybe Pastor George, maybe a reason for the Trinity, outside of all the wonderful truths I've said, is maybe God is trying his best to dumb down for us mere humans the phenomenal weight of who he is and by showing us himself in his triune nature personhood, capacity being, whatever he's sort of giving us a bit of a grasp of this is unfathomable but he's giving us enough to fathom so we can know him as intimately as we can and he's saying give you everything you might not cope but Father and Son and Holy Spirit I'm also whoever you need me to be because I love you and I'm playing for you Church I believe in God the Father I believe in God the Son and I believe in the Holy Spirit can we give the Lord a hand of praise this morning let's be upstanding don't leave just yet we'll, we'll be finished in Two minutes, but I want us to pray.